Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, depending on the location that you are listening from. Yes, I would like to preface uh, this episode by giving an announcement to the World Wide Web and all those devout followers of mine that I'm no longer a charlatan and I've taken off my facade of a mask and I'm going to present you with a real, authentic self according to Luke Belmont. Authentic. 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 Anyway, listen, one of my idols, Luke Belmar. I idols, We don't have idols here. We're Muslims. We follow Okay. Let me use another word. We follow a monotheistic religion. One 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 God. Yes, that's true, sir. No deities. That's true, sir, but you don't know what is in my heart. Listen, listen, I've got serious interrogation for you. I'm coming to you. Let me speak to my let me speak to my fans, bro. Fans? I'm coming to you. Yeah. All three of them. I'm that Pakistani Andrew Tate. I do hear that. Actually, you're more like Andrew yeah, Tate. Like, no, 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 I'm Pakistani Andrew Tate. No, no, Andrew Tate. Uh, anyway, listen. I am a devout follower. No, that's even worse than I am. Like, oh, I'm looking for my Just kick the devout off, bro. It's okay, fine. okay. I aspire to be like, in as much as a monotheistic Tawheed way as possible, you got to translate the word Tawheed. Tawheed is the oneness of God. Yeah. I believe in the oneness of... Now you're going to make me give a lecture about the oneness no, of God. No, quick brief summary. Okay, so God is the one and only creator of the heavens and the earth. Yeah. And we ascribe no partners to him and we worship him and him alone. Absolutely. That's why we must try the, to the best of our abilities to make sure that accidentally or not, we are not associating and ascribing partners to him. Therefore, this is why my colleague here told me be careful with calling Luke Belmar your idol, as idol worshipping is something that is a polytheistic, polytheistic act. act. And what we call shirk and uh, uh, takes you out of the fold of Islam. Absolutely. So be careful, my brothers and sisters. Yes, yes. So anyway, Luke Belmar. Where was I with Luke Belmar? One of oh, yes, yes. Luke Belmar said that one must be the true authentic self. I'll give you an example. Someone might look at me now and say, why this guy topless on a podcast? It's a very good question. When we walked in here, how many degrees Celsius were in this room? It was bacon. It was at least 30, 31. Yeah, so for my own lack of self-respect, sorry, for my self-respect and uh, not wish, wishing to suffer, I'm here. And look, it does help that I'm bolo. I'm not going to lie. And that helps a lot. But but putting that aside, I'm trying to be my authentic self. And being topless in some places is still seen as socially disapproved. And I'm trying to change that. Like yesterday, I went to Sainsbury's, which is a supermarket in the UK. And I had 60 bell peppers on my trolley. <laughs> you did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, oh. 60 bell peppers. No, 57 to be precise. No, don't around in your fridge. I don't get uh, wherever you keep them. Where do you keep them? I keep them in my fridge, yeah. So you know they're genetically modified. That's why I'm trying to jump on a carnivore diet. Because, bro, you see all these GMOs. I'm not with it. I'm trying to eat like my ancestors. Okay, bro. but well, you think the meat is any better, my friend? Bro, no, meat. I'm telling you, if it's proper meat, grass-fed meat, not meat like where they fed them, like, Snickers and that. <laughs> wait, wait, okay. Are you willing to pay top dollar for the for the grass-fed meat? Depends what you mean by top dollar. Well, Baghdad food center, a good price. <laughs> like Jeez, man, definitely don't feed them their thing with grass, bro. Oh, they're Kurds, bro. They look after them, bro. Interesting. What are you going to say about Kurds right now in life? On air? Say nothing. You're the one that's got this... Uh... This <laughs> grin on your face is all my friends. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to be cheeky, but anyway, look, the carnivore diet, look, as you can tell, I'm a very disciplined man of my diet. I eat stuff that I don't want to eat most of the time because I serve for the higher, longer term purpose. But I try to make it as enjoyable as possible, which is why I specifically chose in yellow bell purpose. But in all, because I'm a person who continues like continues to like to challenge myself and always improve, the next step of improvement 
having done zero or low carbs, having done meat and proteins and milk and cheese, now I want to do carnivore diet. That's the next step. You know how difficult it is. The only things you're allowed to drink are water and black coffee. But even the black coffee and tea is discouraged. Ideally, it's just water. So just water and meat. Uh, no, meat and animal de- derived products. So cheese, eggs, milk, that's so, that's butter. Sounds, that sounds alright up my sleeve. It does. It, so, it sounds alright, but so you're saying I just have to give up veg and carbs? It sounds easier said than done because when you actually do, your brain's gonna miss carbs. It's the process. No, it's the transition. It's gonna be difficult. So. Why? I generally don't. For me, meat is everything. If you took away everything else but left me meat in my diet, happily, I can do that. So I think I would have. So why haven't you done it yet? <clears throat> just because whenever I cook, I'm just used to having carbs. And, and I have this perception that carbs is required for you to have energy, which is bullshit because, you know, our ancestors didn't need carbs. They was on a straight predator carnivore diet, so they clearly were doing it. And you, all, they were, not all of them, but they were, when you look at these photos back in the day, they were all ripped and all like lean. How? What do you mean back in the day? That's 100 years ago. I'm talking thousands of years ago. I'm talking thousands of years ago. So How's there, there, the there, there's, no, there's no pictures. Oh, you mean the statues, statues and the paintings and, and that. Whatever. There are yeah. like art forms as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but, true. Yeah, this veganism stuff. Oh, don't get me started on that. Topic. The vegan burgers, bro. I'm hearing there's vegan replace. Uh, there's there's equivalent vegan equivalent burgers now. There's they're doing the most. Like why don't you listen? Carnival. You know what pisses me off? Though I've got a love hate relationship with TNCs. Who knows about TNCs? Do you remember high school geography? TNCs. TNCs. Oh, yeah. uh, transnational, transnational corporations. Yes, is, I'll give you an example. Is McDonald's a transnational corporation? Uh, yes. I yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Regardless of the business yeah. model, franchise yeah. or otherwise. It is a TNC. Now, here's the ick. Not the ick. Here's the... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Wait. Here's, here's the issue I have with these TNCs. I respect them a lot because I like how businesses are able to grow and serve demand and become powerful and all these structures and systems. And it takes a lot to organize. It's very admirable and respectable. However, what happens when you do everything for the sake of profit, but you're willing to align yourself with whatever values or collective public opinion is saying? We don't even believe in that shit. This vegan stuff. Mm. The only reason I started doing this vegan stuff is because, well, to be honest, there's a demand for it, so they did include that. But it could be vegan stuff, it could be LGBT, it could be anything. They're willing to do whatever it takes to make profit. And I'm saying, oh, there's a really good book, Edward Bernays, Propaganda. Have you heard it? No. Prop- so, Ed, have you heard of Sigmund Freud? Yeah. The psychoanalyst, the father of psychoanalysis, whatever it's called, yeah. This guy, Edmund, for Edmund, um, Edward Bernays was his nephew, and they call him the father of propaganda. He wrote a book called Propaganda in, I think, 1928, and he basically outlines the ways in which public opinion can be manipulated, and he one of the chapters about business, and about how business has to work with the public opinion in order to, to maximize their profits in the way they advertise on brand. And one of he led many successful um, marketing campaigns in America in the 20th century that pioneered the way for what we have in the modern day, which is the mass marketing advertising consumerism, which is that he said, well, I'm lighting, he done a parade in New York, I'm lighting the torches of freedom for women in order to increase the cigarette um, uh, market share mm-hmm. by including women in cigarettes. Because, the, yeah. The, yeah, that's what Luke Belmar mentioned as well, but actually I knew about it before. So in other words, this is actually what businesses are doing. I want a business that it's hard rare to find a business, a TNC or otherwise, that stands its ground and still makes profit. How many businesses are out there like that? Most businesses are just willing to go with whatever the public opinion is. That's the problem with the veganism, I mean, these environmentalism, LGBTism. Yeah. I mean, all these companies, they say that they have values and mission statements and all of that. Yeah. When you look deep down, there's always some sort of unethical practices being taking place. There's no TNC in this day and age that got to that size and level without 
without conducting some sort of unethical practices. I just refuse to believe it. I refuse. On paper, they may look like they're ethical and they give to charity and they plant a couple trees here and there for every transaction. But I don't buy it because at the end of the day, what sells? Demand. You have to feed the demand. Whatever the product is, you don't mm. know how they're producing that product. Mm. It may look nice and pretty on your for you, the shelves, but you mm. don't know what what type of labor was was enforced mm. or what type of practices was enforced in order mm. for you to get that product. So just mm. be wary. But this vegan thing, I'm not having it. I'm confused. And I'm hearing people trying to defend it and say, yeah, it's got as much protein as this and this and this and giving me all these new nutritional calorie intakes and mm. numbers. And I just, mm. just leave me alone. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to eat big. What was it? Chickpeas. No, 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 no. Wait, stop, 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 stop. Chickpeas are decent. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Chickpeas are nice, but you're telling me I, I can only eat what? Hold on, hold chickpeas. On, hold on, hold on. There's well. two. It's the two-headed problem with the vegan thing. Well, for burgers and KFC. Let me tell you why. Number one, obviously, is processed, manufactured GMO food. Mm. Number two, is incomplete amino acids. Hundred percent. So if you eat that, and you think you're gonna go to the gym and make gains, instead of benching one four, you're gonna bench like eighty for two reps. Well look at remember Bellerin, Hector Bellerin mm-hmm. for Arsenal. He used to play for Arsenal, where's he, he came out? For Arsenal, I don't know. Let me let me let me just signify something to you so simply, yeah. At his peak he was where it was at Arsenal, broke through at a young age, at the top of his game, you know, living life, doing well, performing. He went then, vegan. then then days he was he was no vegan, nothing. He was a carnival he was a carnival diet, normal diet. Couple years later, he said he's on a vegan diet. He's seen he lost weight. He started getting skinnier. He lost his pace. He lost his size, agility. Where is he now? He's in somewhere in the mid table in the La Liga. And in a couple of years, I think he'll be even in the second division. Mm. I'm not saying there's a direct correlation between you know your abilities. No, and see it. Vegan, see it. See it with your chest. I, bro, I generally believe that you cannot get the full amount of calorie uh, benefits from a carnival diet in comparison to a vegan diet. I don't care what you say. How many stories have you heard of vegan vegan brothers that went all things up, people that went up, and they didn't make it down on a vegan diet? I mean, the mm. chances are already low yeah. going up there. Look, 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 let me tell you the truth, yeah? When I'm about to dig into a plate of meat, whatever it is, fish, chicken, beef, no, no. Yeah. There's a part of me that looks at this animal and thinks, oh, one day this used to be a life and I feel so bad for you, my brother. Sorry, I have to do this, but I've got to make the gains and that. Then there's a the complete other part, then he's like, <laughs> just yamming up like a monster, bro. You saw me with the lamb, lamb cubes today. Yeah. You see, I don't I even. I wouldn't call them lamb cubes. Yeah, go on. Okay, lamb octagon, bro. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is, yeah, I don't even like lamb, lamb to be honest, bro. It's my first time eating it in like, a very long time. I done it just to bully that lamb. Yeah, bro, I ate you what? You mean I'm the top of the food chain? Look at me, bro. Yeah. I'm a hunter. The only time I feel bad is on Eid in Morocco when you've got the sheep a couple of days before and he's in your in your roof or whatever. Yeah. You can hear him. He knows what's going on, doesn't it? He knows. And then one time he just tried to jump off the balcony, commit suicide, mm. and that mm. he does that. Say, oh, you can't eat it. But that's the only time I feel bad because when they actually chop, cut their head off, but a few minutes later when I see it getting cooked, I'm like, yeah, you've mm. got a better life. I'm going to heaven. Yeah. It's going in my belly now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me. That's true, it's true. He died for a good cause. Absolutely. Think what? about the amount of chickens that have died for my gains, bro. Absolutely. Them chickens are soldiers. Soldiers. They go straight to Jannah to follow those. You know what I mean? don't know about all that, but yeah, they well, definitely died for a good cause. They're animals. Where are they going? Apparently that, obviously I've heard this theory, I'm not sure if it's true, but apparently they go in the purgatory. What's that? Purgatory is like, it's not hell, it's not heaven, it's just like you're coasting in the middle, it's like a, like a limbo state, like inception or something. 
Interesting. Why well, some people think you're gonna reincarnate? Oh, I think most animals are going heaven, except for like pigs and rats and oh, foxes what? and that. Rats, no way. But all the man there, pigs, <laughs> pigs. No, pigs are going. The straight, man are going heaven, bro. Pigs are going straight hell, bro. We took him up. Yes, what I said. Oh, he said pigs. So yeah, 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 I said pigs as well. Nah, what about cockroaches? Cockroach. Oh, I hate. I've, I've I've known quite a few cockroaches in my life, human form. <laughs> Yeah, cockroach. What do you call it in the uh, Iraqi? In, uh, like Arabic? You call it as Hawi. Huh? Oh, sorry, no, no, Sarsour. Sarsour? Yeah. Sarsour? Yeah. I don't know how we say it. Mm. Sarrakh mm. <laughs> 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 just means like a thief, yeah? Zid, oil. So, oil thief. How does that make sense, bro? I don't read that way. Sarrakh oh, Zid. I, I think there's definitely a background to it. Even these names, there's always a backdrop story to it. That one day this cockroach was going through the market and put a funnel in your whip and just started taking out all the oil from the car or something. Nah, I don't think the Moroccans are just not creative when it came to, I think when the time came to actually, uh, you know, take out, learn from Arabic and derive it into their own dialect, I think they were just lazy. Or they were definitely like waved on hash or something when they were doing it. I think Moroccans have a funny but interesting language at the same time. But you're right about them not being so defensive with their language because it's such a melting sp- Melting apart of different languages and dialects, like you got Fosha in there, you got Spanish in there, you got French in there, you got Amazigh in there, you got too much stuff going on, going on. But which is most languages? That's yeah. most languages, obviously. But when you say Spanish, I don't really hear Spanish. Maybe a little bit up north, but other than the rest, I'm yeah, not yeah, but a little bit, a little bit. But I'm saying that it's a melting pot. And yeah. how do I know you've gone too far and you should no longer even be considered Moroccan Arabic because the fact that you're not mutually mutually intelligible with other Arabs. How so? Other Arabs, you can understand Arabs sometimes, mm. I guess, mm. way more than they can understand you. Mm. That shows that you've strayed too far away from the Arabic language. Because where, where did the Arabic language originate? Yemen. Yeah. Now, I don't believe you for that. That's a far geographical distance from Morocco and no, Algeria and Tunisia. But still, you've got to have that Arabian, you know what I mean? Like, when people hear Moroccans laugh, sorry, speak, they laugh, and the Moroccans get angry, and I understand why they get angry, but I also understand why they're laughing. Because it's so, you know what I mean? But to be fair, they'd probably say, I would say, based on feedback, that Algerian is way more difficult to, un- to comprehend. Mm. Honestly, because, like, but nowadays I feel like it's more becoming more understandable. Definitely. When I speak to a lot of Arabs, they, they generally understand me. I try to do the most and not speak Moroccan Asia. I, I try and pull out more Fusha and try and, you know, make it more understandable. Fusha? Why tell me to translate Tajweed, but you're not going to translate Fusha? Fusha, sorry, to the original Arabic language, the language of the Quran. But when I realise, I think, why am I doing all of this? You know, why am I doing all of this when they actually understand me? I'm hearing people come out to me and say and talk to me in Danish or not. So maybe it's becoming more understandable and accepted. Mm, I don't know. I understand that, yeah. I guess but so. then again, it's our duty to understand and you know, speak the language of the Quran, not to speak Egyptian Arabic. That's not our language of the Quran or dialect. So the language of the Quran is only spoken. <coughs> not sorry. There's modern standard Arabic which is derived from the uh, Arabic of the Quran, but which is adapted to a modern world with new words being added to suit the context and environment, the time that we're in. Mm. So no one speaks Quranic Arabic, really, unless you're in a Tajweed class or something. And then uh, in in modern standard Arabic, that's like for the news and the government offices and that kind of thing. That's why when I visit different Arab countries and I got to Dosei, they start laughing at me. Yeah, I remember in Morocco when you were talking. I was doing. Yeah, they laugh. 
because it's something that's so strange, like it sounds weird. For a non-Arab, this won't make no sense, but for Arabs, they'll know. I mean, and I've done this in Morocco, I've done this in Iraq. The guy, you know, a cartoon called Space Cartoon, yeah, Space Tunes. So basically, I walked into this shisha cafe one day. I already know where this is good. Go in Iraq, and I started. Uh, I, I walked in, I told the way, I obviously, I was back to which basically means, can you bring me some tea, please? And I wanted to also be hot. And the guy started laughing uncontrollably, and he told me, and then he told me, I remind him of the Space Tune cartoons, these Arabic Fasaha cartoons from the back of the day when he was a kid. That's how far back he hasn't heard anyone speak it yet. And it's actually rare, bro, but everyone's taught it in school. Yeah, but you know how best I can explain this for the non-Arabic uh, viewers? Hmm. It's like, it's like walking in to a shisha lounge, literally, and talking in Shakespeare dialect. Or like, oh, thou out, you know, shall pass. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a great, a great analogy. Because English, English, English. Because no one speaks Original such... Original English is what? Middle, middle, um, middle English, Old Norse. Um, if you go back hundreds of years, we don't sound like what they Latin. sounded like, that's for sure. That's every language though. Yeah, but nowadays, English English has changed dramatically over the past couple of hundred years. Just like Arabic. Old Arabic is based on, obviously, countries. Whereas in America, you've got different, like, you've got their own accent, they've got a couple of different words. So it's the same, essentially. Yeah, this is... No one actually speaks English English. If you think about it, like, straight, original, pure form English. There's yeah. no such thing. Exactly. Same with Arabic. Language always changes. No, but in Arabic, we've got a preserved book, the Quran. We do. Yeah. I would have modern standard Arabic. We don't have Shakespeare on BBC3. But what about the Bible? Well, the Bible is written in English. But let's say if you translate the Bible to English, would you say that's how English should be technically spoken? No, what, say that again? Bible. Translate the original Bible, mm-hmm. whatever language it was written. What language was it written? Hebrew or something. Is it? The Old Testament, no? I don't think so. You told me this is right up your sleeve. I'm not wearing any sleeves. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, I like nine. Like, like, <laughs> 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 but listen, uh, oh, we don't endorse the. This is not music, by the way. Because it corrupts the spirit. Only in the summertime. Only in the summer. Only on a hot day with the roof down yeah, and the down. guns out. Absolutely. Apart from that, a little bit of noise. A little bit of mine's never heard anyone as he is an excellent, precocious, illustrious rapper who has managed to influence the masses in a demonic psychological way that corrupted spirits. I'm sorry, I'm joking. Well, I'm waffling. But listen, right now I'm going to give you. Ah, uh, I wanted to ask you something, Boris. True. I want to ask you why you. Ah, huge. You're not going to be able to give me a satisfying, convincing answer to this. Go on. Doesn't have, why does it have to be convincing? Because to... I want you to satisfy him. Stop doing that, the mic. Sorry, bro, it's just, I don't know. Listen to me. Uh, Sports. What about it? Forget football. Oh, I know where this is going. Go for yeah, it. Yeah. I'll try and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, honestly, bro, like, I was reading this in a book, unscripted by yeah. MJ DeMarco, yeah? And he talks about how sports and reality TV and uh, social media, all these things are uh, forms of distraction to distract you away from the truth and keep your mind enslaved and keep you in a state of illusion. And this book speaks specifically now about where he talked about sports. He said, don't get me wrong, I like to watch the NFL and this and that, enjoy it, but I don't devote my life to it. I don't let my emotions get changed as a result of a match. And he, 
we say we, yeah, we won or we lost when you're not even on the payroll, you have nothing to do with it, you're not the one getting paid, you're not the one whose spotlight is on, and you start to associate with this team, which I understand why tribalism and passion and that kind of thing, but really and truly, it's not, if you used to watch, here's how you could tell whether something is a worthwhile pursuit or not. If you were to do that for the rest of your life, what would be the outcome? Imagine you just watch football, or you just observed and, into, and, and followed football for the rest of your life. You went to all the stadiums, you watched all their matches, you bought all their equipment, you spent all your money with them. Bro, that's not a life well lived, in my opinion. Okay. Watching a match from time to time, I understand it. But when it starts to become emotional, take up all your time, and start to adopt this language, I yeah. disagree with it, and I think it takes away from your life rather than gives it more value. Answer I, me that. I understand where you're coming from, yeah, 100%. And I do believe that it definitely should be limited as it is a form of entertainment. But, but, when you say, oh, you should, you know, people that let it get to their emotion, 100%, that, that, that is a bit silly, but it's like something you, you're so passionate about, you've been playing, you've been involved with yourself, you play it on a weekly basis, or you grew up playing it, watching it, it's something that you don't just lose overnight, you, it's like a, one of your, for example, I don't know, what's, give me some, give me an example of something you're passionate about, you're passionate about reading, right, I'm not going to compare reading and sports together, but it's a form of hobby, hobby, reading is a theoretical form of entertainment, now, Football is a visual form of entertainment and also a physical form of entertainment. And at the end of the day, it is a sporting activity that one may conduct themselves. But in regards to the viewing part of it, watching it, because it becomes so commercialized, I hear where you're coming from. That mm, people it's all about money. Their money. Mm. Fair enough. But at the end of the day, if you've got kids, you've got, you know, part of disposable income and you enjoy it, I don't see no problem with it. But, but, on the basis that it doesn't get involved or in front of your, your, your work life, your family life, or even affect your relationships as well, because I'm hearing there's people that are beating their wives and their you know, girlfriends because of the, the result, and that's stupid, and obviously that leads to mm. violence and domestic abuse. That mm. I don't condone. That's obviously, you know, that, that's stupid. And one that conduct, one that views football in that way and watches it and lets it get to their emotion probably shouldn't be watching football. But someone that just goes out to the game once every couple of weeks, goes to, goes to visit the stadium, watch their local team, I don't see a problem with that, honestly. Because it's also good for the local communities as well, for the smaller teams. Smaller teams get, you know, they get funded by these, by their local local supporters. It helps grassroots football as well, mm. and, and also the youngers as well. What about those that want to become professional footballers? Mm. You know, they they their love comes from what their love comes from watching it as well. So why are you talk about football as so sports? Well, I was just giving you an example that that applies to most sports. Okay, let's zoom out of sports now. Let's talk about living vicariously. Mm. That's one of my main issues with it. Is that you're living through somebody else's life. You're living somebody else's dream. It could be a sports figure or team. It could be a movie or movie star. It could be a television series. It's all forms of escapism, bro. Mm. The system that we live in. See, here's another quick side point, side tangent, yeah? What if I talk about the system and, um, the you know, the banks and the entertainment industry and the consumers like People are going to be like, that's crazy, that's waffling, he's woke, he's conspiracy theorist. Listen, I don't care what you say, I'm, this is just facts and I'm here to speak the truth and this is genuinely the truth. If anybody who wants to argue with me with some valid points, you're more than welcome to come here or shoot me an email, we can talk about it and I'll defeat you intellectually and physically and psychologically and spiritually and, spiritually yeah. and emotionally yeah. and erratically. But put it on that side, so really that's what I'm here to speak about and I do believe that most people need to open up their eyes to what MJ DeMarco has referred to as the hyper-realities. What's an example of a hyper-reality? One example is consumerism. Mm. Another one is money. Another one is the college degree system. Another one is the 9 to 5. Okay, we started on that one. 
Yeah, they don't. Because they the nine to five things, bro, bro, it's become a meme now. So it's become like something a joke, a bad, or, or like cringe, like, oh yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, this nine to five is not it, and you know what I mean, you're wagey and you're a slave and that. But it's actually true. I don't care if it's in the time it's cringe or meme or you don't have. I don't, you don't have to, have, whether you have money or not, I don't care. You're valid in your criticism of the nine to five. And then you might say, okay, but if you want to be a businessman, don't you need nine to fivers? No, I don't. Have you wake up and smell the coffee? We live in an age of automation and outsourcing and systems placing where you can hire freelancers to do jobs for you and you can become a nine figure entrepreneur with no more than two to three employees. Yeah. I say employees, but they're actually self employed because they're freelancers. Depends on the business model. Though. If you want to talk about employee, yeah, it depends, but that's something, this is a possibility. You yeah. can't just label me as an entrepreneur who hates nine to fivers but needs them. That's yeah. not true. I need robots. Is a robot a nine to fiver? No. A robot is a two, four, seven, three, six, five. Twelve, twelve to twelve, bro. He doesn't die. He's gonna die way before that robot. Yeah. He don't need no holiday. He don't need no he holiday. Don't, he don't care about no emotions or work. Drama. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So no there's a there's a good part and a, and a bit of a scary part to this AI stuff. And it's very confusing. And the media doesn't help because the media lost to control the narrative and told to people what, when, and why, where to think, and about what to think. I want to say AI, and they just they just developed this in AI. I can't believe people still watch the news, bro. Bro, people that watch the news for me are just lost because what? what when are they going to understand? Of course, news articles are designed to, to create fear. Thing mongering is one of their main marketing tactics. How are they going to sell papers? How are they going to sell stories? Mm. How? Mm. In order to create, you know, create conspiracy, create. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, some sort of uh, response from the crowd. You need yeah. that. You need that to sell. Yeah. But guess what also is so scary? Drama sells. Guess what also is scary? Bro? What? Have you heard of a guy called Rupert Murdoch? Of course. The guy, what's his name? Probably he's like 97 or something and his heart is still beating. What's his name? The, uh, oh, the, one, of the one of the newspapers. News of the World? Back in the day, I don't know. Was it not Rupert Murdoch? Yeah, him. He owns but, one of those papers. Yeah. No, he owns a lot of papers yeah. and news stations. But my point TV is, yeah. the news infrastructure, the media infrastructure, the one that's constantly lying to people and keeping them in a state of fear and ignorance and panic and anxiety is owned by a handful, a collection of individuals. A small number of people are putting the strings to uh, manipulate people's consciousnesses. Mm. Same thing with tech, same thing with the food industry, same thing with that industry. If you do your research into it, you start to understand this and it's only when you pull yourself out of ignorance, out of illusion, into knowledge, into truth, into autonomy, into freedom, that you can actually start to have a much better life. Because the more, the more you learn, the more you learn. Okay, it's great. And the only way to escape the system, because listen, a lot of people are unhappy, bro. Especially in the West. A lot of people who are dependent on things like jobs, who don't make enough money, who cannot keep up with the inflation and the cost of living, who are tired of, sick and, told, sick and tired of being told what to do, who are sick and tired of, of being in debt, and if living a routine, same lifestyle, what's the only way out of that? Indulging. Entrepreneurship. Ah, uh, yeah. That's the only way out. Well, necessarily, because what if... Mm, Tell me another way out. What if you don't want to? What if you generally that's have someone, to the life of a, that's monk, of a monk? Yeah, no, 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 but listen. It's different. That's true. That's one of the exit strategies. You can live like a monk. But let's be serious out here, bro. Who's living like a monk? Not many people. So if people treat, most people want to indulge, most people want pleasure, right? They want a good life, they want a family, they want all this but stuff which a monk denies himself. What about those that are actually happy with their 9 to 5? They've got a high paying role, they do something they love. Yeah, that's the minority, bro. Yeah. The majority of people, as I said, are unhappy with the state of affairs that they're in. Their life is constantly in a state of stress 
and they have so many responsibilities to juggle and they can't keep up with everything and their mental health is full of chatter this in, in, a, in a monologue that keeps going on and on and on and there has to be a way out because life is short before you're going to be in the grave from cradle to the grave just like that so true, for me true. but and again look the entrepreneurship path I'm just going to be completely candid with everyone here I'm nowhere near where I want to be entrepreneur I'm flat ass broke not literally but quite near to that And but even if I die like 50 cent I die trying because you get rich with that trying and not rich with greed but gr- but rich with humility rich mm-hmm. with a a higher mean or higher purpose money's never the end goal money's just what buys you the freedom to do what you want to do and we were having a conversation about this the other day about how you're going to build this mosque and you're going to contribute to your community and do all these lovely projects and mm-hmm. all power to you my brother you should be able to do those things if you really want that you're able to get that there is a way out yeah. But the amount of sacrifice and work and, and dedication and sacrifice that it's going to take and discipline, it's not for everybody. So some, pe- so some people, let's be realistic here, are going to die in the system as they are. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you don't, you don't chase the end goal. You have to enjoy the process at the same time. Bro. Like, there's no road that's going to be literally straight path. This is impossible. Even when you're driving on a road, easy drive. Sometimes you're going to get a pothole, you're going to swerve. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. You have to go through obstacles and trials and tribulations yes. in order to progress. You know what I mean? That's why it's not fair. No. Yeah. But yeah. people just want to like, like that. And like, no, like you can't have mm. it. Just try mm. it on my life. Just, I promise you, try anything new. Stick to it. Mm. Give it at least six months, seven months, eight months, depending on what it is. And if you don't achieve it, you'll see some improvement. Like me, bro, the other, how, how long ago did we start um, Building websites for 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 a store, couple of months, bro. It was useless. Let's be real, useless, bro. I was, I was like, bro, how am I gonna build these websites? Because I actually wanted to learn. I didn't want to outsource it. You know, bit by bit. There's times when I just got vexed. I was about to throw the laptop away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what? There's YouTube here and there. We we keep at it. And now, I wouldn't say I'm amazing, but I'll say I'm a decent, decent, you know, website builder. I can actually make a decent little website. Wow, I'm bro, so proud of you. I'm not tech that. savvy. This guy here, he, bro. bro, that's what it's all about. It's called the growth mindset. Mm. It's you doing stuff that you don't want to do for a higher, long term yeah. purpose. Yeah. It's, it, eat it's, that frog. What's his eat name? What's that? Uh, Brian, Brian Tracy. Oh, great book, man. Yeah. Eat that frog every morning. I wake up and I eat that, did that frog. Did that book actually benefit you? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Wow. Always, 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 always do the most hardest tasks first. Because you've got a to-do list, make sure you do the hardest task first. Get it out of the way. Don't do the mm. stuff that are easy, the stuff that you enjoy. Because that's just... It's the word creative procrastination. Uh, it's action faking, not action faking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, I would love to continue the conversation, but unfortunately we actually run out of time. But mm. I'm really looking forward to part two of the authentic presentation of the two individuals that reside in front of you. And we hope to see you again on a future episode. I know you definitely enjoy this. You will enjoy every single episode because everything that comes out of my mouth is gold. Now I'm joking, but I'm not. But you get to decide if that was true or not. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Little accent. Give them a little goodbye with your accent. Little accent. Oh, God. I don't don't know about giving them an accent because that stuff is getting difficult today, my friend. I don't know. I'm going to get them guns. I'm going to shoot that down that farm. I don't want to see the guy's name out here. Anyway, sorry, sorry. That was forced. That was forced. That was forced. Listen, thank you very much for watching. And please like, comment, and share, and subscribe. In fact, I implore you. In fact, I exhort you. In fact, I beg you. I go on my knees for you to follow me. We're really going on knees for God. Uh, you see, we started this episode with Tawheed. 
and, and poet. Subhanallah, خلق السماوات والأرض الجبار العظيم العلي المتعالى. مع السلامة. Take care, people. It's lovely being here, and I uh, hope you enjoy that one. We we'll soon will be back soon. Don't worry, don't miss us too. I'll be back. You know what I mean? Anyways, howdy.